Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you, my friend? How are you, my friend? Welcome. This is the Breakfast with Champions podcast, one of the most unique, amazing, and powerful podcasts you'll ever come across in your entire life. Listen, we bring you motivation, education, and inspiration, and ultimately give you an opportunity to get a seat at the table, to hang out with some of those that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. What makes this podcast so unique and incredible is we have over a hundred different thought leaders that are constantly delivering amazing, over-the-top, powerful, and impactful content in bite-sized nuggets that you can absorb, take action on, and implement in your life. So with that said, make sure you filter through. There's going to be some of these thought leaders, these experts in their industries that you're ultimately gonna connect with. You're gonna totally, totally resonate. It's gonna totally be your vibe. And then there's gonna be other ones that you're gonna be like, eh, you know what? I like them, but I don't know if I love them. And that's what's great about Breakfast with Champions is we have something for everyone. So make sure you sift through, find the ones that you love, and know that they'll be coming back every single week to be able to deliver to you the motivation and education and inspiration that you need. With that said, my name is Glenn Lundy. I am your host. Super excited to connect with you. And let's kick off today's episode of Breakfast with Champions. I really wanted to lean. I get so many interesting um, uh, questions on the on the back end from entrepreneurs, um, and 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 I really wanted to dive into that. I'm really really blessed that we have Frederick with us today because man, talk about a mastermind. But I really want to take you through um, pain, two painful uh, lessons that I learned. And then the solution, right? Because everybody who knows me knows I'm action oriented. Let's move forward. Like, let's just get it done. And so uh, for those who follow me, I've had nine companies over a hundred million and six successful exits and the others I literally don't even want to talk about, right? Because I was really taken out at my knees. And that's just part of the journey, right? Fall down, get up, fall down, get up. But um, as an uneducated, again, you know, I was asked to leave high school. I was emancipated at 15. You know, I had to learn everything the hard way, right? There was, there is absolutely no lucky sperm club in this family. Like I'm, I'm not from this country. I have been literally digging from the bottom all the way up since I was a young girl. So started my first company at 17, sold it at 19 and have been learning ever since. And the reason why I want to dig into this, this specific hours and really dive into Frederick's brain, which you are going to find amazing is that I wish more than anything else, somebody would have really helped me understand the power of the law. Now, I know when we, most of us hear about lawyers or law, we go, oh, ugh, right? It's just like saying, let's talk about accounting. You go, oh my God, I want to put needles in my eyes. But if I can tell you what absolutely changed the game for me for having a million, $3 million uh, company to having hundred million companies, and now we're on our way to 500 million, right? What changed it for me was understanding the rules of the game. You don't have to like the game, okay? Nobody likes to have to like the game. 
but you absolutely have to understand the rules and how to play it, right? The best advice that I got early, early on in my career was, Amelia, before you start trying to change the rules, get to the other side, earn the respect, get the sweat, be successful, and then you have the right to start changing the rules. You can't change the rules before you play the game. And so today is going to be about what is this game? Because if you don't understand the law, and remember, any any two people d discussing a topic and coming to an agreement, right? That's the law. You have to understand basic agreements, verbally or written. And <clears throat> excuse me. And that is where I made my mistakes. Now listen to me when I say that. This is where I made my mistakes, right? I sold one of my companies at, at the time it was called Mama Amelia's and I sold it to lots of pasta. Um, and I was very excited about that 18 different restaurants up and down the coast of, of California. What I did not know and what my, you know, friend lawyer, my friend lawyer who was helping me did not tell me was that I sold that company with the assumption, and this is me being naive with the assumption that since Lots of Pasta was a bigger brand than Mama Amelia's, right? Nobody even knows what that is, but a lot of people know what Lots of Pasta is, that they would not then own my name. But I was wrong. So not only did I have to sell the company, I then had to buy my name back. And that, my friend, could have easily been fixed if I would have had a proper legal team, right? You don't know what you don't know and be very careful who you let fill in the blanks. And so I let a friend fall in the blanks, which cost me millions of dollars by buying my name back. And these mistakes are just, they're just real. They're just real. I mean, there's snot cry laying in the corner of my room, not figuring out. I just worked my butt off running these restaurants and for people who've been in the restaurant business, they know that, you know, you, you trade your life. Like you just live at the restaurant. I was so proud. I had 18 of them. I sold my company and then turned around and bought my name back. I was like, I basically did nothing but tread water literally for seven years. And why I want to bring in Frederick today is not only is he, I love how he set up his law firm and, um, but his podcast, right. Was like, whoa doggy so unbelievable so frederick if you were there i first want to say wow am i absolutely uh super fan of your your uh your legal talk show i mean it's i've been listening all week and i'm addicted welcome and thank you thank you amelia can you hear me okay i'm coming in all right out of here a smoky smoky california can you hear me I know that you're like in the heart of the fires over there. Yes, I, I can am. hear you beautifully, absolutely yeah. beautifully. What a um, great, what a great opportunity, Amelia. Thank you very much. Well, you know, I think so. You know, you're such a friendly, right? I mean, mm -hmm. although you're a lawyer, you write so much content about business, entrepreneurship, you know, mindset. I mean, you're an anomaly as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I, I've, I'm a little bit different than most attorneys. Uh, I grew up in Northern California on a small ranch. Uh, and it's funny you tell the story about, you know, you wanted to be a lawyer because uh, you want to, you know, it's about helping people, which is very important to help people as a lawyer. But I remember my father, uh, we didn't have a lot of money. Um, and in fact, we had very little money. And uh, 
I remember we're talking about, there's four of us boys, what am I gonna do for a living? And I'll be honest with you, I wasn't the brightest kid at school. I was a, an athlete, and but uh, and in fact, when my mom uh, started working later on in life after the kids kind of left the, the nest, they, uh, I remember her telling me that, the, <laughs> that my high school teachers kind of came to me and said, he made it to college? Really? And, and that's kind of the way everybody looked at me uh, growing up, but I knew that I was a hard worker and I knew I could be successful. From the, from the very beginning, when I was 10, 11, 12, I, I said to myself, I'm going to be successful no matter what. And I asked my dad, what am I going to do for a living? We kind of talked about that. He was a farmer, a Marine, and he worked for the state of California as an undercover police officer. And he said to me, son, I know one thing and one thing only. I know this sounds bad, but this really happened. He said, at the end of the day, everyone's laying on the ground. There's one guy standing there handing, holding the money, not the lawyer, so you're going to go to law school. And I kind of said, okay, Dad, <laughs> sounds good. And that's kind of how it all started out. And uh, just followed my brother, who became a lawyer, who's a very successful judge now. And, uh, and that's kind of how, how it all started. Now, here's, here's the thing about entrepreneurship. I love, I, I think I'm an entrepreneur first, I'm a lawyer second. And not all lawyers and people are like that, right, Amelia? Some people- uh, No, listen, lawyers are known for deal killers. I literally right. tell that to people when I teach them. I'm like, realize who you're asking from. Lawyers are there to kill the deal, right? That is what they're trained to do. Every opportunity of why you're gonna get hurt, they're gonna kill the deal. And I love the fact, so you've written some amazing articles for entrepreneurs. And I'm telling people that, if listen, you need to be following him, right? Your, um, the article that I was reading earlier this week, which I shared with my team, um, was talking about uh, time, right? How to be able to get back time. Then you turned around and you wrote another article that was really talking about um, uh, resilience, like, you know, how to, how to really kind of stay in that even when you're falling down. Then you also wrote an article, um, that uh, that was where was it? I just shared it this morning with my team. I sent that one out. Oh, how to invest in people, not the ideas. I mean, you really got a plethora of really good content, immediate take home uh, value, and I want to thank you for that. The other thing I want you to touch on is I think you're the first, and I've been with a lot of lawyers, um, first law firm that you real the whole firm is branded on your awards and ethics so let's dive into some of that yeah that's a great question and a great topic um, I believe in branding is the most important thing. A lot of lawyers, I, they believe in the, you know, sit in a square box, uh, you know, the, the brick and mortar. I don't believe in that at all. I've been an outside the box lawyer from the very beginning. You have to brand yourself. From day one, I, I believe in branding the name Frederick Penny, right? That's the most important name and that's the most important brand. Uh, and then the law offices of Penny and Associates, and then our national firm, which is called Penny Galbraith Elder Brannon. And don't even look look it up. We don't have a website, and we can talk about the reason why I don't have a website on that one. But um, you brand yourself first, and that's what I've done from the very beginning. People thought I was weird. Um, when I first started my law practice, I invested in this thing called Penny Racing Supply, CompTech Race Engines, uh, uh, Pacific Challenge Racing Series. Um, and everyone's like, you are an idiot because you're investing in racing and you lose money in racing. And that's absolutely right. I lose money in racing. But guess what? My name was on every, just about every race car in the West Coast. It was on racing facilities. It was on racetracks, every race 
racer knew who I was, but it built my brand. Everybody, even to this day, I sold that company in March or April of 2019 after having it for 22 years. But I, our firm still gets referrals because of that. But people don't understand branding is the most important thing you have to do. Brand your name, put your name on something. Now, I'm going to jump ahead now. The, we, uh, the most important thing to me is is uh, to be successful in whatever you do, right? And, and do the best you can at what you can. I believe we're all on a, on a ladder. And as we all sit on this ladder, right, we're all in a different part of the rung of the ladder. Everyone says, oh, you've already made it. You've been doing this 30 some odd years. How do you, uh, you know, how do you get to where you are? It doesn't matter. The principles apply no matter where you are on the rung. Uh, I flew in and I do have my own private jet and everyone thinks, uh, and, and I know a good friend of mine, Virgilio, that's up on the stage said, make sure get up. Yeah, someone's got a hot mic. If Amelia, if you want to pop them, or um, anyway, uh, Virgilia, uh, you know, mentions to me, you know, make sure you un they understand it's not about the jet; it's about the branding. So I pulled in uh, uh, to uh, a city in, uh, in my plane, and as I pulled up, uh, a young a young guy in this small, probably hundred thousand dollar plane pulls up, has his has his name and branded on this little plane, and he walks up to me and he says, "Someday I want to have a, a jet just like yours." And, um, and it wasn't the most expensive. It was one of the first jets I had. And um, I, I looked at him, and he was probably in his late 20s. I said, tell me what you do. He said, I do real estate. And I do real estate all over the West Coast. And I'm going to be a successful real estate person. And you know what? I was really proud of that guy because, you know, he didn't care how small his plane was. He had his name branded, and he was pushing his name. And he was in his late 20s. I said, good for you. Someday you're going to have a bigger jet than mine, Right. And that's what it's about. That kid understand, that late 20s kid understand, understood, Amelia, how branding is the most important thing. And I can go on for hours about branding, but that's what you have to remember. Branding is the most important thing when it comes to businesses and, and push your name as a brand. Because like you said, you, it, you, you keep your name. Don't ever sell your name, right? You might sell your businesses, but don't sell your name. Your name's always there. So if you sell a business, you still have the brand, which is your name. So there you go, Amelia. And I like the fact that you're breaking some barriers there, right? Because notoriously, there's a lot of industries like law that don't follow branding principles, right? You really know nothing about the partners in the law firm. You, you really don't. They hide. They don't come forward. And, um, you know, one of my, per I always say, if you want to know anything about a business, it doesn't matter the size of the business, take a look at the leader, right? Look inside the person leading the company and it will tell you everything that you want to know about what you're going to find inside the company, right? Because the way a CEO treats their team, um, their mindset, their habits, the, the experience you have as an executive, that executive, then that's how they treat the next layer. And then it goes all the way down to the consumer. And so the same behaviors um, between me and my, my genius team, my genius circle is exactly the same way I expect them to treat everybody else, right? Because there is a bandwidth, right? You can only be able to maintain, it's around 170 relationships to the level of your value system. And then you've got to entrust that next layer to impact that next layer, right? There isn't always a bandwidth. And so I love how your brand um, is so, so lean instead of, I mean, yes, obviously you guys talk about the law, but you talk about ethics, right? And as a leader, right? What you stand for 
absolutely matters. And I have to be able to see it demonstrated in a person's life. It is why it was so important for me when I started my relationship with Glenn and Sarah um, was to say, if you want to know who I am, come to my home. I invited, literally just said, invite 50 of your friends. I'm going to invite 80 of my friends. You want to know who I am? Come into my home, meet my husband, meet my children, meet the people on my board, the people that I rub elbows with. That will tell you who Amelia Antonetti is far more than me speaking here on stage. And I will say, you know, reading and consuming your content and just looking at, you know, just, I mean, uh, now I'm definitely, I listen to now all, all of your um, all of your podcasts. Uh, and I didn't think I would ever be listening. It's called Radio Law Talk. I absolutely never thought that I would be listening to it. But you dive in so incredibly. And that, I want to tie that to business here in just a second. But I wanted to share the article that I um, shared with my team this morning. Um, and that is the article that you wrote about fear, overcoming fear and dominating. I love that word. Overcoming fear and dominating the legal and business industry. So uh, kudos to you on that. So can you, was it conscious? Did you make a conscious decision to literally go, I'm going to create um, a whole new flavor and brand and just trajectory in the law industry? Like, did you see a gap that you were going to fill or did it unfold more organically? Uh, I'm going to say organically because what I, I, I truly believe that um, you invest in what I, what I call the golden goose, right? And I invested in a law practice 30 years ago. And we're coming up on 30 years, the law offices of Penny and Associates out of California. And then I branded it and pushed it out nationwide where I have partners now in, well, I, I said 45 states. My, my law partner, Rob Brandon, who runs our national firm, said, uh, no, we're 46 states now. And I said, okay. So, um, and, and we fly all over the, all the country. My, my plane, I, I am literally all over the country. I was just in uh, Orlando, Atlanta, and now I'm, I'm heading out to Kansas. I'm going to be in Kansas, and then I've got to go to Cleveland. And so I, I, I jump all over the country uh, helping run Penny Galbraith Elder Brandon, our national firm, and that's another story in itself. But, um, uh, Amelia, here, here's the thing that I, I believe. I believe... Uh, you talk about my podcast and radio show. I, I don't want to keep jumping around, but why did I do that? It's about branding, right? It's about doing doing something outside the box. And that's what you have to do as an individual, no matter where you are on the rung, do something outside the box. Every single lawyer, it seems like I know, when I was first starting on, thought I was an idiot and crazy for what I did. I opened my law practice within six months of passing my bar. Never do that. Everyone says, never do that. You know why I did that? I did that because my brother said, you know what? There's, there's no better time to fall than now. And I got with the largest law firm in the country. I knew one of the managing partners, my family did. And, and they started sending me their crappy cases, and I started taking them to trial. And then I said, you know what? I'm going to win some of these trials. I lost trials. Like you said, everyone talks about success. I learned more from the trials that I lost than I won. And then what I learned is the best lawyers out there are the insurance company's lawyers, right? They bring in the top trial lawyers, uh, and you know what? They don't pay them very well. So I went out and started paying the top trial lawyers from AAA, you know, Allstate, you know, State Farm, USAA. In fact, we just brought in one of the top trial lawyers out of USAA in California, came into the firm. So I invested in good people and people that were better than me. And that's how I built the firm, right? And you make sure you pay them right. And, and so I invested in people first, the firm second. And then I start going outside the box. What do you do outside the box? Whatever you're in, whether it's the law, whatever you do, make sure you invest in something 
outside the box that not everybody's doing. So I started a radio show. I said to myself, you know what? There's no real good law, you know, law radio shows out there. There's one that's a competitor of ours. They're number one. I believe we're number two right now. We have over 100 affiliates nationwide uh, radio stations. My affiliates relation guy just called me. We got picked up all over Pennsylvania. Uh, we're in Georgia, everywhere. But you know what? I started a thing called Radio Law Talk. Why? Because it's pushing my brand, right? And I love doing the radio show. I brought in the best producer, Cal Hunter, a two-time, three-time Emmy Award nominee, never a winner. I remind everybody on the radio show that he's three-time Emmy Award nominee, but never a winner. And there's a reason why. It's because he hasn't finished our show yet. He's going to win something from our show. So I started that. Everyone thought I was crazy. But who cares, right? Of course I'm crazy and outside the box. You know, I put my name on the airplane. They say, never put your name on the tail of your airplane. You know, it's, a, it's your own personal airplane. You don't want people to know you, you fly that airplane. No way. My, my name is so big on that tail. Everywhere I fly into, uh, they know our law firm. And, and there's been people that have said, hey, I saw your, the tail. I know they know who we are. They know our law firm. So that's kind of what I do. And, and I've got, I can go on and on about, about uh, these issues. But throw me any more questions, Amelia. So, yeah, well, like I said, I, I'm eating alive your uh, your radio show, and so this is and this is what I've had to learn. And again, I've been an entrepreneur for 35 years, right? So I'm I'm well seasoned to say the least. Um, after uh, really getting my butt handed to me a couple of times, and again, there's nothing uh, more uh, devastating than when you invest into something, whether, you know, it's an investment, it's your company, it's a marriage, thinking you're on the right track just to find out like with one fell swoop, you're not. And so it's what started getting me fascinated with the law. I mean, it's dry, but you have to lean in um, with your own motivation. And what I've found is that the more that I understand what the rules are in that industry or what the rules are on the fundamental of business, it shows me where my opportunity is to own the market. So I have, if you, if you, if you follow me, if you know, I own a lot of patents, like I am going to get you where you're not looking. Um, and the reason that is so important is that so many people start a company and invest heavily and get, very far deep, deep in it. And then a bigger company comes and basically wipes you out. And I think that this is part of the training. You know, if I can go, what would I have done differently? I absolutely would have studied the law, not because I want to be a lawyer, but I want to understand the power that that brings to the strategy, right? Your company is only as valuable as the strategy and what drives value um, in that specific industry. And that is all law. And what I've been, as I've been listening to your um, radio law talk, is that you really unwind what's going on, right? So I, I was listening. I love the one that was talking about, um, obviously, because I'm a behaviorist, right? Behavior and assessments and how uh, that is and isn't um, uh credited in 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 the court system you know you've dived in dive into you know all different types of current topics and really get to the root of what's going on now when i'm listening i'm applying that to marketplace and industry and opportunity right where can i lean in um to be able to own that lane if that makes any sense yeah, it does. And let me let me touch on podcasting and, and a radio show. And a lot of people listening here are business people. Um, I, 
I, I, I don't think I've completely figured it out, but I kind of figured it out. So um, when I wanted to start my radio show, I did not want to start a podcast. I wanted a radio show first, a podcast second. So what I did is, uh, as I went out to the different radio uh, stations, I, uh, it, you know, they, they want want you to advertise. Penny and Associates. We're injury lawyers out of California. You know, we're we're the we're the person that nobody likes or nobody wants until they need me, right? And they're all like, man, we can't stand you guys. I said, well, I don't like lawyers either sometimes, but I have to work with them every day. But but that's who you are and own who you are, and that's okay. And so I went out and a couple of radio stations uh, said it's X and Y and Z uh, amount of money for uh, the, the, uh, the, you know, the, the advertising. And I said to myself, well, how much for the radio station, right? And everyone's, everyone's like, well, I can't do that, but it doesn't matter. It, it can be on a smaller scale. And then I bought into a couple of radio stations. And that's how it all started. And then I took those radio stations and I advertised on those radio stations. I made sure they're in my area, right? Um, and, and in California, so I, so I did it in California. And then I said, you know, I'm gonna start my radio show. And you don't have to own a radio station to do this, by the way. What you have to do, though, is you have to be affiliated with a small station. Go out and find a small station in your community that, that, that you have to pay a couple hundred bucks a month to put your radio show slash podcast on. That's how you start. You don't start with a podcast. As weird as that sounds, I do it completely opposite of other people. Remember, go outside the box. That's how I built uh, uh, my businesses. And by the way, the law firm is just one business. I have other companies that, that, that fall off of the law firm, right? Um, and, and what you do is you start with one affiliate and say, you know, KBDT is your main station that carries your podcast. Then you've got the terrestrial radio as a branding unit. You could say, I'm on KBDT, whatever that is, and I think that's the one in Dallas that carries us. Um, and, and, then, and then that gives you credibility. And then you do your podcast, right? So you have one radio station that's your mothership that carries you. And by the way, get a medium to a small radio station. Don't go out for the big station. Go for a medium station. Uh, they call it a, a, a mid-tier. Like, uh, I'm going to say the word Redding, California. Look it up. I, I did one in Redding, California. And then build your podcast around that. And so now you've got terrestrial radio and your podcast. Our podcast is on Spotify, you know, Apple. It's, and it's on a lot of the podcasts. Uh, I know we're on uh, iHeart. And then you build your radio, terrestrial radio, and then you build your uh, your podcast, and they'll start picking it up. And now, on, next thing you know, another affiliate's picked us up. Another one, another one, another one. Next thing you know, at one time we had twelve affiliates pick us up in one week. Uh, and and by the way, I don't pay for those. They uh, there's another that's another discussion, but they just pick us up when we do what's called a trade. Um, it's not even called a trade. It's called something in the industry. And I don't remember the name. That's how you build a podcast, but that's how you built my brand, right? Now I'm all over the United States. When I do radio law talk, it's Pacific time, nine to noon. They want me to go three by five. In other words, they want me to go five days a week, three hours a day. I can't do that because it doesn't make enough money, right? I, don't, I can't take that time, but this has built my brand and that's what you gotta do. You gotta find your little niche, go outside your box that everybody says, oh, you can't do that, or you don't want to do that. And that's how you do it, Amelia. And then, then we can talk about the ethics. You, I mean, ethics are everything. I mean, there's, why do we even discuss ethics? That's, an, that's number one. If you're not ethical in what you're doing, you, you're not going to make it, right? You might make it in the short term, but in the end, you're going to fall.
and and that and so again, this is where you know I love myth busting. You know, if I say the one thing about the Genius Hour is to really bist, uh, bust some myths, right? There's so many myths that say, um, you know, this is the way you need to do it, and this is the way you have to follow the course. But if you take a look at the unicorns, those are the ones that do it completely opposite of the way that they say that you should do it, right? And we've all heard that thing, oh, this is the way we've always done it, right? But that's the entrepreneur mind, right? Is to bust through the way that it's always been done, but yet still follow the basic business principles that drive value. And I think this is where get people get confused between the value that you're building and you're driving and the disruption of what your brand is solving in the marketplace. Those are two different conversations that need not to be muddled or you have a, a flawed business blueprint. Um, and what I like about the law is that the law allows me to see where I can own the IP or where the law has not gotten there yet, which means then that gives me even more potential. Like that is where we've spent, um, the Genius Institute anyway, have spent the last couple of years is that owning the patents in the marketplace that does not exist yet. They're coming, but they're not there yet, which then creates a very interesting uh, conversation on who owns what. Um, and so for you, I love, I mean, I, I, I love that everything that you're doing in your area of genius is outside of the box. I mean, totally out of that side of the box. And that, you know, you really dive into some conversations like you'll get feisty over what you think and what you feel. And so I admire that big time, big time. And I like the fact that you're being so candid that people told you along the way, don't put your name on the plane. Well, you know, you and Grant Cardone would argue that thing, you know, don't do it this way. Don't do it that way. The whole thing that you just talked about the radio show, and there's so many podcasters here listening at this moment brilliant, right? Because now you have the radio stations working for you like a salesperson, right? That's super smart strategy, not doing it like everybody else, throw it up in the app store, right? You are now utilizing a resource that is hungry because radio stations are hungry for your business model. Yeah, it gives you credibility too, Amelia. Like I said, if you're a podcaster or you want to start a podcast, it gives you credibility to have a, a, you know, I call it the over the air radio station carrying you. And, and it's not, it's not a big deal. So those of you who are podcasters, uh, go ahead and do that. That's important. Let me, can I talk really quick about, about investing in people? Uh, this is what I like to do about uh, investing in businesses is everyone always says, well, Fred, how, you know, what do you do? How do you invest in businesses? Uh, let me just tell you a quick story. So as I built my law practice, it started doing really well. And um, I lived in a small 1,900 square foot home. I think my wife just mentioned that maybe it was 2,000 square feet, whatever. It, it was a, a smaller home in a tract house. It was a tract house. And all my friends who were lawyers were buying new big homes. They, they drove Lamborghinis. They drove Ferraris, Bentleys. And I stayed in my tract house with my children, and I paid everything off, okay? And for 10 years, I stayed in that small little house. 10 years where I could have went out and, and, and bought the big mansion, right? In the hills and, and, and bought the fancy cars. I always had a decent car because you don't want your lawyer to drive up. And especially if you're doing personal injury, you don't want him or her. There's some power uh, personal injury lawyer women out there that I uh, admire. Um, you don't want him or her to drive up in, a, in, a, in an old beat up car. 
So that's about the only thing I invested in was something that was that was not super fancy, but was nice, right? And for these 10 years I lived in this house, I built other businesses. I bought other businesses. I built other businesses on the side of the law firm that uh, a lot of times tied in with the law firm or helped the law firm. I always talk about the five. Five different businesses you want to invest in. All five of them need to touch each other and help one another, right? Um, and, and so I, as I did that, I learned the three most important words in my business uh, era is resist, resist, resist. And I always say that, resist, resist, resist. And they say, what does that mean? The problem is as you become successful, and let's be positive, not we're all going to fall, right? But as you become successful, because I'm a PMA, positive mental attitude, and when, when staff or attorneys come to me and say, we got a problem, I said, no, we don't. We have a challenge. What's our challenge? Um, we have to look at it that way. And as I built... I, I, I said to myself, I'm still just going to live in this 1,900, 2,000 square foot home that's paid off, and I'm going to use that extra money that I make, and I'm going to invest in other, other businesses. And then what I learned, and this is all by hard knocks, I learned that the business isn't what's important to invest in. It's the person. Quick story. Um, I, right now, I, we have part of a fast food restaurant chain, which I don't want to, that's another issue. I invested, you never invest in fast food restaurant, right? Or, 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 or restaurants. And I'm sorry, I know, Amelia, you do that, but what, 80% of them lose? And they're very difficult businesses. They're very successful, don't get me wrong, but they're very difficult. And I invested in this chain, and it's a small chain um, out of the West Coast because of the one person and one person only. It was the CEO president. It was owned by, a, by some family owners, and then the CEO president was a powerhouse. And I knew that powerhouse could, could build and vault that company, so I invested in that. Same with I started with a publishing company way, way back when, and I knew the one person that I was bringing in from one of the bigger companies was a superstar and could build that business. So I've always learned, and the lawyers I bring in are the top lawyers in the industry, right? So I invest in people first, businesses second. That's the biggest problem I hear people say all the time. Oh, this is a great business. I, I don't care how good your business is. If you don't have the right people, it's going to fail. I can take an average or a poor business and put a superstar there and it'll succeed. I can take a great business that I can invest in uh, or law firm or whatever and put average people or, or people that are below average and it's going to fail. So the most important thing I've learned is resist, 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 and invest in the right and good people. No, listen, I'm right there with you. No, the restaurant, I had 18 restaurants, sold to lots of pasta, and that was a fail, a huge, huge fail in my world. And I will tell you that it was at that time, Gay Harwin, who was my lawyer at the time, who's phenomenal. She's also out of California. She's an entertainment lawyer. Um, and she said to me, it's only a failure if you don't figure out what you learned, right? And so I locked myself away and probably for a couple of weeks after that failure, because again, I sold the company for, I can't remember at the time, I think it was like seven or 8 million and ended up having to buy my name back for like 3 million. Uh, so at the end of the day, it was a huge waste of time. And so I locked myself away to go, wait a minute, how do I still gain value from this experience. Like 18 restaurants is not a small cup of tea by any stretch of the imagination. And so what I did with her, um, I got to give her credit because she has the legal mind and I don't, was that the process of running those 18 restaurants, I packaged and then sold to the franchise industry um, and then ended up getting you know nice royalties and a nice check for that. So I was able to take a mistake 
and by the help of understanding IP, right, was then be able to take that mistake and actually, you know, gain back the loss from the transaction itself. Um, and I think that that's where, you know, the difference between, you know, buying yourself a job, right, which a lot of people are just literally buying themselves a jobs, you actually cannot sell what you are building. And I'm going to say that again, if you can't sell what you are building, you really only have bought yourself a job. It's not a business. So don't call it a business. It's not a business because nobody's going to write a check. And when you're trying to push your mind to that next level, you, and I say, you know, you don't know what you don't know and be very careful who fills in the blanks. You have to be listening to somebody who already had somebody write them a check for what they built. If you are listening to somebody who has not successfully sold it, they're still in the same process that you are, you're getting the wrong information because they haven't figured it out. Um, and Frederick, that's, that's what I love about your candidness in so many different topics is that you're sharing what you do, but also what you've learned repeatedly. I mean, your law firm is massive. It's massive. You've learned something about duplicating processes and bringing on people and other people that are now as as passionate, if not more so, about the uniqueness of your firm. Um, and so I look at that going, wait a minute, there's something I can learn from you that I don't know and figure out how to apply that to my own lane. And I think that is, that's what, you know, leaders crave. We I crave people that get me to pause and go, wow, I don't know that. Wow, I didn't know this, right? I'm taking feverishly notes because you know something I don't know. And in that collaboration, we create a bigger impact uh, at first scale. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter if it's a law firm. Everyone says, you're right. You know, the most boring thing to talk about is, I think, is accounting. I'm sorry, but lawyer, lawyering second. Um, and who wants to talk about lawyering? That, that is so boring, but I, I try to make it exciting, right? But the most important thing is you take whatever business you're in, whether it's the law, entrepreneurship, you know, restaurants, and you apply the same principles. Generally speaking, there's a few tweaks here and there, but the principles, Amelia, are all the same, right? It's about people, hiring the best people. Like I said, resist, resist, resist. You know, get off the floor, ready, fire, aim. I, I'm a ready, fire, aim guy. And I truly believe that you have to have a the, your most loyal adversary. Again, I always repeat that. You want to find your most loyal adversary in your life. That's a person who's going to stop you and say, no, that's wrong. I have an individual that's my tax accountant that's in-house. I have an in-house tax accountant, and, and he is my most loyal adversary. And everywhere I'm diving, because I'm ready, fire, aim person, right, um, he's checking the depth of the water. You have to find that person in your life to make sure you're not diving and you're going to hit head first. And that's what I, uh, I think is important, too. Again, it's about the people you bring in, right, Amelia? It's the people you bring in. That's what makes you successful. And take care of them also. But it seems like I'm doing a lot of the talking. Maybe someone, someone's got, got some questions. we got a lot of smart people up here on the stage. Um, you know, Amelia, why don't you uh, go ahead and uh, push me off maybe and, and see absolutely, if they have some questions. Absolutely. Yeah, I, you know, brilliance is bo born in conflict. I say it over and over, over again. Brilliance is born in conflict. And having those difficult conversation is what causes your mind to grow. Uh, you know, when somebody, when people tell me that they don't actually like me, 
And I'm like, it's okay if you don't like me as long as I do my purpose, which is get you to think. If I'm getting you to think, then I've done my job, right? I'm, this is not a popularity contest here. This is about learning and growing and pushing the mindset into the areas that's going to cause those skills. So let's welcome in some uh, questions and come into the conversation. Um, Virgilia, I know um, you were the one who so graciously introduced me to this amazing superhuman. Would you like to ask a question? Chime in. I know you're having problems with your mic. So if it's, you know, I'll help you on this side um, if I can, uh, but I'd like to open it up to some of the questions. Yeah, Virgilia, we can't hear you. I, I know she was texting me on the back end that she was having problems with her mic. Um, Pitter, do you want to jump in while Virgilia tries to reset her mic? Hey, Amelia, good morning, and good morning, Frederick. I, I love him. I love both of you, and I am enjoying this conversation drive to Atlanta. I've actually spoke with him on the telephone, and he is just as genuine on the telephone as he is right here on stage. And just wanted to give him a big shout out. I don't think you can give really male flowers, but big, big male kudos. And to you, Amelia, love you, girl. Just uh, loving the topic, as always. Happy Friday. Awesome. We love you, Peter. Yes, Frederick is a real approachable, brilliant mind, and absolutely you need to lean in and support what he's doing. But more importantly, if you can ever uh, get the opportunity to really chat with him, um, the enlightenment is worth uh, beyond gold. Um, flash your mic if you'd like to ask a question. I'm kind of sweet, but a big stage here this morning, so I'm, I'm looking. But if you've got a question, please chime in. Jill, you want to try it again? Yeah, we can't hear you, girl. Uh, uh, Dr. Anarth, how do you say his? I don't, please help me fix say how your name, please. I, you're right above here, uh, Dr. A N U P. How do you say your name? Help, 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 help. Amelia, uh, Amelia, can you hear me? I can hear you. Yes, I can. Hey, this is Dr. Anoop. You pronounced it well, well, well. Okay, well, thank you. I'd never like to botch somebody's name, so I apologize if I do. Welcome to the conversation. Would you like to ask Frederick a question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you so much, Frederick and Amelia, too. This is Dr. Anoop. I'm, I'm thinking about to become an entrepreneur. Listening to all of this conversation, this is just an awesome, and I'm learning some really new stuff and so many gems you're dropping by. Thank you so much, Frederick. I would love to listen to you more. In fact, I would love to connect with you directly. Thank you so much, Amelia. This is Dr. Anoop. I'm done speaking right now. Thank you. You are more than welcome. Uh, Monica, I think you are here. You want to hop in? I mean, yeah. Miss Monica, are you there? Amelia, I am here, but I'm just walking the beach and it's loud and I, I didn't flash. So maybe you confused me with someone else in a turquoise ring. <laughs> That's okay. It's a big state. Justin, do you want to hop in? Absolutely, Amelia. It's uh, a pleasure, Frederick. Uh, great to listen to you this morning. I've got a question for you. Um, so in the process of selling some of our IP, and the big thing that we're finding is um, conflicting uh, statements from both our lawyers and our accountants. And what it's coming down to is whether we uh, get restricted or uh, option stocks in the company that's acquiring us as well as do we go 83B, do we not go 83B, and if we do, is it better to get it up front or is it better to 
um, have it vest over the course of uh, four years? Do we have a single year cliff or are they all um, uh, given primarily up front? All, all of these different things and we're getting conflicting information. So I'd love to just hear your take on it and um, any suggestions for uh, continuing the uh, final negotiations through contract. Great question, appreciate it. Here's the thing I've learned as a lawyer. I've learned uh, to hire good lawyers ab about stuff that I don't know much about. I'm a personal injury lawyer. IT is one of the most important things you can handle and deal with when it comes to business. I hire IT lawyers. In fact, I have an IT lawyer that I hire and I ask that question to. By the way, if you guys want to uh, connect with me, I, always, I say DM me at my Instagram. It's at FrederickPenny1. Um, and you can just see it on my profile. And then uh, I, I, I'm pretty good at getting back to people. Sometimes it takes time. But uh, go hire. You have to listen to your accountants and your IP attorneys. I listen to my IP attorney. If you have any questions about that, DM me directly. And I can, t I can give you the name of my IP lawyer. I'm not trying to you know, take away your whoever your IP lawyer is, but I have got a great IP lawyer, by the way, who is... <laughs> One of the most reasonably priced. You'll, I was shocked at what he charges. Maybe he just likes me, but uh, uh, I, I, I can't answer that because I actually don't know the answer. I use. I would go to my IP lawyer. That's awesome, Kim. Oh, you're such a huge, great superhuman, Kim Wal. Uh, Kim Walsh Phillips. Do you want to hop in? I saw you be flashing your mic. I would love to. Thank you, Amelia, and thanks for this conversation this morning. Um, we, Frederick, great conversation. So as you know, right, there's old school attorneys who still hanker on the previous um, notion that attorneys cannot promote, cannot advertise, right? All the way back in the 80s when that rule changed, which wasn't that long ago. And then your personal injury attorneys who are more um, likely to be involved with promotion and reaching out to the consumers to bring them in. How do you, for your contemporaries, I'm sure you have peers in your great referral network that are in other lines of business, how do you respond to the answer of, I just couldn't do that in my industry. I could just couldn't do that in my line of work. It's okay for you, but we can't promote like that. That's an awesome question. Uh, by the way, one of the first firms I worked for was Jacoby and Myers. Lynn Meyer and Steve Jacoby. I think it was Steve. Yeah, I can't, I, anyway, that was 30 years ago I worked for. They were the first ones to, to bring a lawsuit to require the bars to allow lawyers to advertise on television, right? So I kind of learned early on from them um, how to kind of go outside the box. There is nothing wrong with ethics in, in pushing or building your name. I mean, yes, there are legal ethics you got to look at in every state's different. But how does, how does the bar in North Carolina stop me from pursuing the lofts as a Fred Penny or building the name Fred Penny uh, on the Internet, on Instagram, Facebook, right? Um, you know, you just can't go out and say, I guarantee anything. You know, I, I, I just don't guarantee, you can't guarantee anything in life, right? But generally speaking, it's a little more lax. Uh, push your name. There's nothing wrong with building the Fred Penny name, and then it naturally flows to, to the law firm, right? So if you're a lawyer or whatever business you have, you build your name, and then it's naturally going to flow down to whatever business you have. Mine's easy because it's Frederick Penny and the law offices of Penny and Associates, right? Penny and Associate Injury Lawyers or Penny Galbraith Elder Brannon, right? So for me, it's easy. And that's a great question. Lawyers say that, the ones that are still sitting in the box 
uh, you know, trying to figure out, uh, you know, how to uh, get their name out when those guys are still, a lot of them are trying to figure out what social media is. You need to be ahead of the game, and that's what's important. So great question, and, and that's the way I pursue it. And I think even outside of that, which that was such a great answer, there are people right on the stage that aren't attorneys but are still struggling with the concept of putting themselves out there, right? The thing comes up of what will they think of me? And I'd love to have your thoughts on that. How do you deal with that inner concern of if you don't have it anymore, if you ever did, and how did you get past that to put your own name, face, and brand out there as the brand of the business? Perfect question. I mean, it's, I think it's more difficult for me, right? I mean, who? nobody likes lawyers, let alone personal injury lawyers. Who, who likes those people, right? Until Unless you need them when the time comes. Uh, so you push your name out. You can't be afraid of the haters. And I'm sorry, but there are haters out there. And no matter what, you're going to be pushed and you're going to be criticized. Uh, I've been criticized for, uh, you know, uh, touting my plane. I, I really don't care. You know, I I'd come to the point where I just, I'm sorry, but if someone is not happy with the way I'm marketing myself, that means I'm doing something right. Is that right? So if I was a nobody and not building and not successful, nobody would care, and nobody's gonna be mean to you or nobody's gonna say negative things about you, right? So if you're being uh, you know, attacked, you know, it's hard, it's really hard, but guess what? You have to say to yourself, why are they attacking you? This great person told me one time, they said, look, if they weren't attacking you or pushing you or saying bad things about you or, or trying to knock you off the hill, you wouldn't be doing something right. So uh, you know, own it and enjoy it because guess what? That means you're doing something right. That's why they're trying to knock you off the hill. So I'm good with it. Amelia, can I pipe in for a quick second? Yeah, sure. And then right after that, Alexandra Carter, because she's been patiently waiting as well. So if, let her go right behind you. I'll, I'll let her go first, and then I'm going to share something real quick. Oh, thank you guys so much. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Amelia, Frederick, Dr. Rowe. Frederick, I love hearing you. I'm a fellow lawyer, and in fact, I am now um, full-time at Columbia Law School. I teach negotiation. I also have a full-time training and consulting business. And it's so interesting to me. I wanted to say two things. One, about the value of having hard conversations. This is what I teach. And this is something that I read that I found really helpful. There's a difference between personality-based conflict, right? So me saying, Frederick, I don't like you, or I don't like Amelia, right? And, and us getting into an argument over personality. And then what we call like task-based conflict, like Frederick, you have an idea and I have a different idea. Task-based conflict is amazing for innovation. Personality-based conflict is what creates often toxic workplaces. So when people tell me they're having conflict in the workplace, I like to ask what kind, right? Because depending on what they tell me, that could either be really healthy and positive or it could be negative. My biggest question to you is, as somebody who's a current law professor, I'm a clinical law professor, Frederick, so I actually have practice expertise and I teach practice. But I would love to know, how is it that in law schools or with young lawyers, we start to train up the next generation of nimble, flexible, entrepreneurial-minded people. This is something our profession has not done well, as you've said and others have said. I would love to hear your thoughts on it. Maybe we could bring you into Columbia sometime. That's my pitch. Thanks so much. Let me know what you think. Awesome. 
Alexandria, dead serious, mic drop. If I was in church, I would say amen and sit down from the podium, right? That was a, 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 some great insight. That is a wonderful question that is extremely important, by the way. Uh, let's see, hold on, I'm having some. You can still hear me, right, Amelia, right? Yes, sir. Okay, all right, so there's just some stuff popping up. Um, here's what I find in law school. They are missing, and I've mentioned that to a number of professors that I know, you are missing the real life. I remember coming out of law school, I basically knew how to, uh, to, to understand analytics, right? I understood how to look at something and try to solve a problem. Um, I didn't know anything other than that. What they come out of, they don't understand entrepreneurship, they don't understand business, and then they come out in the real world, they don't understand about marketing. Uh, you know, you go to a law firm, you think you're gonna be a superstar, and you, they realize, oh, wait a minute, are you bringing in cases, or are you just sitting here doing work? They don't understand that, and you're exactly right. They need to teach entrepreneurship, business, and, and not just a business law class, but how the real world works out there. And I had no idea coming out of law school, and most lawyers don't. I mean, uh, uh, you know, as they've come out as lawyers from law school, they don't understand that. And actually, I say, good, I'm ahead of them, right? And they'll never, they, they have to learn by hard knocks. But they should, in law school, teach that, and they don't. I agree 100%. Oh, there's a next topic for your radio show and your next article. Yeah, maybe. That's exactly right. That's a good idea. I'm thinking about it for this for this next week. Perfect. But great question. Great mic drop. Appreciate your, uh, your thought, Alexandra. Thanks. Look forward to staying in touch. Amelia, unbelievable segment. I mean, I get so much value from these. It's in my calendar. And Frederick, I think what you're talking about definitely transcends law. Actually, it transcends everything, right? All platforms, social media platforms, like you're talking about developing skills that make you undeniable. And I wish I had three hours with you to dig into the horizontal and vertical integrations of your companies and, and that jazz. But what I wanted to pipe in and say, Amelia, that I think is so important is what he touched on, right? And when people are tearing down other people's buildings, because they don't like what they're doing, you know, the quote I like to live by is haters are usually just confused admirers, like never in my life have I ever met somebody successful that spends any of their time focusing on somebody else's successes, they're usually focused on what they're creating, right. So I think that was such a great piece that you dropped Frederick about just putting your head down and blocking the noise out. But I guess my question for you now, because I have the mic just real quick is, Finding talent, I think finding talent and people being the actual resource is so much more valuable than money. How do you identify those people that you bring into your circle and organizations? That's an awesome question. Thank you for the, uh, the kind thoughts too, by the way. Um, you know what, it, it's, for me, it was kind of easy. You know, in, in your lane, in, I, knew, I knew all the lawyers, right? I know which lawyer was uh, doing what. I knew who I went against. I knew which law firms that I was uh, having the most difficulty with. And I realized that you go out and look in wherever, whatever lane you're in or whatever your business you're in, you find your competitor or the person that you're having the most difficulty with, right, that's beating you or that's making your life difficult, and I went out and hired them. So I, I found the top lawyers that I believe from the certain uh, industries, uh, like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a shout-out to Kevin Elder. Kevin Elder is the head of our litigation department. Uh, you know, all the top high-profile cases that we have, 
Kevin Elder is the one that handles those. He he's a superstar. I mean, this guy came out of he was that he was a partner of one of the top law firms that handled all of AAA's big high profile or a lot of their big high profile cases. I knew he was good. I knew it was he was difficult to beat. I, I had he's the one guy that that gave me problems. And I said, doggone it, we need him as part of our team. So don't be afraid to grab the top people in your industry, but be prepared to pay him, not just pay him, but give them incentive. And, and, and all my lawyers have incentive in our firm. It's not just here, here's a salary, go work hard. They have an incentive and, and, and that's another whole discussion, but easy, find your, find whoever's the best in your area and you're going to have to pay them more. That's all there is to it. Hello, Grant. Welcome, Grant. Do you want to jump in here as well? Hey, if you want to, uh, if you want a trial lawyer, what would you be, Frederick? I would be a farmer um, sitting on a tractor. Um, actually, I'd be sitting on a combine uh, out in the middle of North Dakota, doing nothing but uh, listening to country music and 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 I'm gonna say uh, combining wheat. That's what I'd be doing. That's awesome. Thank you very much, Grant. Hey, Grant, by the way, love you, bud. Appreciate you. I tell, I tell, you, I tell you a funny Grant story. So I, I always talk about, I, Grant, I have a Phenom 300 is what, is what my pilots fly me in. So, uh, and Grant's got a G, G550, I think. And I always say, you know what? And I appreciate the, the, the guy pulling up in, the, in the, you know, the Cessna 175 that's got his name on the tail. And I always say, one day, the little 175 guy's going to pull up. And then I'm going to pull up next to him in my uh, Phenom 300, and then Grant's going to pull up next to me in the G550. And I'm going to look at Grant, and he's going to give me the thumbs up. I'm going to look over that guy in the other one, and I'm going to give him the thumbs up because he's, he's the guy that's working the hardest. And then Grant and I are going to tell our pilots, let that guy go first. That's what I always dream of someday, Grant. So rich. Amelia, are you there? Yes, I Love am. On the, whole, the whole app just glitched a little bit. Um, Dr. Connor, I see that you are flashing as well. Would you like to jo join in the conversation? Hello? We can hear you. Uh, yeah, so I have all weird stuff. I Dr. Connor, do you want to jump in? I think the app is glitching. Yeah, it's it's glitching a little bit. Yeah. Amelia. Amelia, I'd love to ask a question if you can hear me. Yep, I can hear you. Chime on in. Ramon Ray, hey, Frederick, great session, great session. And I just wanted to ask you or and affirm the importance of accountants. I think sometimes small business owners, especially, we don't maybe see the importance of that. But could you just talk about how accountants and money and, and having someone help you understand your money, cash flow, even small things like better using QuickBooks, if that makes sense. As, how has that helped you in your business? Because I know it's been a struggle with mine, but once my accountant opened my eyes to some simple things, I'm not at the bottom level of Frederick and Amelia yet, but I'm on the way here. I'm on the way there. Can you talk about that, Frederick? Excellent question. Amelia, we're getting great, great questions here. Um, that, that is probably the most important person in my life is my accountant. His name's Glenn Bear. As I said, I don't know if you heard earlier, I have, and again, you, everyone's on a different rung on the ladder, right? So everybody can't afford to bring in a tax accountant. I have a full-time in-house tax accountant and accounting people that work under him. 
right? So uh, they are the lifeblood of everything I do, the lifeblood. I run everything by my uh, accountant, and, and he's brilliant. I've uh, been in practice, what, I think 32, 34 years. My best friend, he is the one, I say, that checks the depth of the lake before I dive in. And by the way, a lot of times I'm diving in as he's checking, but they are very important. And so hook up with a good accountant and you don't have to have the most expensive accountant. Believe me, you can get a local person uh, that it depends how big your business is, but that, that'll help you. But uh, they are my lifeblood. Dr. Connor, I'm going to try you one more time before we change the hour over to the fabulous Mr. David Meltzer. Uh, Dr. Connor, if you want to jump in real quick. Um, and also, Frederick, how do, we how do we follow you? How do we, how do we stay in contact? What's the best means for us to be able to support you on your mission and also get in contact with you um, for your other services? Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm big on Instagram, Facebook, but, but really Instagram. DM me on Instagram at Frederick Penny. It's F-R-E-D-E-R-I-C-K-P-E-N-N-E-Y-1. I'm pretty good about responding. Uh, I'll, I'll do the best I can, but DM me. That's the best way. It's been an absolute honor, and I can tell you if there's anything that I can do to serve you, the answer is automatically yes. You don't even need to ask the question. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.